Publisher Podcast, Episode 34. Well, this is a different type of interview than we've had in a while. We've been talking a lot about book production and editing and marketing and mindset and all of those things, but it's been a while since we've talked about publishing and different routes of publishing and routes to publishing and different types of publishers that you can work with. So I'm really um, excited to bring you this particular interview with Angela Engel because she brings a very different type of partnership publishing to the marketplace. And we talk a lot about how her company is different, how they are based on traditional practices with respect to packaging and and a completely different type of look at the market and how authors are putting their books into the market and selling their books than a lot of other presses out there that work with indie authors. Um, So she tells us how her model is very different from a hybrid press and from self-publishing assist companies. And it was just a really interesting discussion to hear about how her company operates, the type of books that they work with, the type of authors that they work with, and how they are really approaching publishing from a unique and different perspective from a lot of other companies out there that are assisting authors. So I hope you enjoy this interview and um, get some really interesting information about other opportunities that are available to you. And you can find all of her information in the show notes if you're interested in reaching out to Angela for potentially working with her company. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling And I don't wanna get in your way Welcome to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. I am very excited to talk to you today about one of my favorite topics, which is different models of of publishing and especially the partnership publishing model. I'm here with Angela Engel, who was a guest in the Women in Publishing Summit as well and came and talked about her publishing model in our publishers panel. She is an entrepreneur and book publishing expert with over 20 years of experience in the publishing industry. After working for 20 years in the publishing industry with major publishing companies, including Chronicle Books, 10 Speed Press, Cameron and Company, Dwell Studio, and Moleskin, Angela is on a mission to disrupt the publishing industry by giving budding authors more agency and authority in the publishing process. As founder of the Collective Book Studio, she provides authors the support that they need to get a book out into the world. Thank you so much for coming back and talking to me some more. I'm excited to be here. I felt like we barely had the opportunity to scratch the surface of what we wanted to talk about in the panel during the summit. So I'm really, really excited to 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 dig deeper in because what's cool with what's happening right now in the publishing industry is there's lots of different things happening. There's lots of different um, models erupting and even with even within the hybrid space, there are a bunch of different models and and ways that people are running their businesses. So I would love for you to, because your model is a bit different than a lot of other hybrid presses that I've talked to. And in fact, you don't like to use the term hybrid, right? You like partnership model. So we will refer to it from partnership model from here on. Will you tell us about your company and kind of how it came to be? and, And we'll just go from there. 
Yeah, thank you, Alexa. I really appreciate that. Yes, I'm a, I am really do differentiate myself. I do not call us, we are not a hybrid publishing house. We are a partnership publishing house. Um, and we are all from the traditional publishing space you read by bio. But if you go to our website and you go to our team page, you'll see that many of us come from Weldon Owen, Chronicle Books, 10 Speed Press, HarperCollins, Random House, um, you name it. And that's our team. Um, and why we call ourselves partnership publishers is that we actually do um, a lot of different types of things that are very common in traditional space in the traditional publishing model, which is packaging. Um, almost 20% of Chronicle Books list, for example, is packagers, is they're buying um, certain products that are done or, or, or books and putting it out into the, into the market. And that's what we do. For example, um, we did a really beautiful proprietary project to Costco. It's gorgeous, it's coming out this summer of children's books as a packager. Costco owns the intellectual property. They own the rights to that book. We are just creating it for them. We're okay. making it all in house. We are the editors. We are the thinkers. We think about package. We, we are the technical project, project. We are the technical production people, meaning we are everything a traditional house has. Exactly what you would get at HarperCollins at 10 speed or Chronicle comes with our house. So we can do about almost 40% of our list is actually custom work. It's, mm -hmm. And then we have 60% of our list where we have clients where I call it partnership publishing. And they are investing in the creative fee with us. They're investing in the um, editorial. They're investing in the design. They're investing in the illustrations. They're investing in all of the services that we provide. They're paying us a creative service. The technical production, which um, has a lot, like you would be surprised how much work it is to make a beautiful book, uh, but it's a lot of work, right? And a lot of knowledge, like, should it be a hardcover? Should it be a paperback with slaps? Should it have embossing? Should it have foil stamping? We aren't print on demand. So it's a very different art form. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of the cool thing about partnership is that we bring this client, this author into our, almost into our space. <laughs> which I would say the traditional space of publishing, we're kind of quiet, right? We haven't, we're not all over the map. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a little bit elitist almost. Let's use that <laughs> word. <laughs> like, and so I'm a disruptor because I'm like, hey, why are we, why have we been so elitist? Mm -hmm. Why don't we share what we do and let other authors in who maybe don't want to wait around for an agent, maybe don't want to have their IP, their intellectual property acquired for lifetime and they want to own it. So that's a huge difference of partnership publishing. Since they pay us the creative fee, they actually own their intellectual property. I And then I, I essentially license it to distribute and sell it for, for a period of time, but it's not their lifetime and not mm -hmm. acquiring them. So how would you say that um, just for, you know, for a lot of our audience who is newer to the process in general, how, how is your model different than the traditional space and different than other hybrid, than other people who do identify as hybrid presses? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in traditional, in the traditional space, you're getting your intellectual property acquired, meaning you wrote a manuscript they're paying you often an advance 
these days it is not that much. So think about that the advance is on your royalty, meaning you won't see a royalty check until you've basically, it's almost like a loan, right? That they've given, they've given you like this advance, but then it's like a loan in some way and they're paying it, you're paying it back. I don't really, I feel this analogy got away with me from me, but the point is, is that you're, that, that is not money that they're all of a sudden going to give you day one. I sold a thousand books. They're going to go, oh, did we pay her $10,000? Did we pay them $5,000 to do that work? And then after that is paid, then you start to get paid your royalty. And your royalty on average in a traditional publishing um, for it's maybe 8% up to 15% if you are extremely lucky, right? So 8 to 15%. Um, is sort of their rate. And then they acquire it for life and you have to pay back, you have to pay the publisher to get back your rights if they decide they don't wanna reprint it. They still own it. They don't even have to reprint it, but you can't go take those files and upload it and self-publish it because you don't have the rights to your work. So that is, that is the traditional. My model is very different. My model is saying, hmm, what if I said to a client or somebody, let's go in this together. I'm not going to own it for life, but I'm going to own it for about three, three to 10 years, depending on my contract with them. And I'm going to still give you all of the benefits of distribution and sales. We're still going to do all of, so I have distribution with a, a big uh, distribu distributor called Independent Publishers Group. They've been around for 50 years out of Chicago and they have sales reps all over the country and they do trade shows and they sell, you know, to Anthropology and to Costco and to Target as well as The Strand or, and Barnes and Noble. Of course they sell to Amazon. Everybody sells to Amazon. Right. So that I always say is, of course, but what else? So if the client wants the what else, then they work with us on the trade list. But then let's say after four or five years, the book is no longer maybe selling or they want an update. They don't, they don't have to pay me any money to get it back. And maybe they decide they wanted to just put it on Amazon and self-publish at that point in four to five years. They could and print on demand. Okay. That sounds like a, a wonderful model, but let's talk about <laughs> who... This is, well, you know what? I want to pause here and I actually want to go back a little bit because I think it's really important for people to understand how you got to this point because you actually have a background in the traditional publishing world, as was mentioned in your bio. But how did you, what made you decide to leave that to, to build your own company like this? Oh, this is a great question. Okay, so I started in publishing, as you said, over 20 years ago at, at Publishers Group West, which is part of, in which was bought by Ingram, which we all know, especially in the self-publishing with, in with Ingram Sparts and Print On Demand. And Ingram is probably one of the largest in the world now distributors. Um, and I started there with working with um, small independent publishing houses, fantastic publishing houses like Seven Stories and New, New World Library, North Atlantic Books. I mean, I, the name can go on and on. And um, I really saw this kind of really amazing time in publishing over 20 years ago where the four agreements I wrote, the, they became a New York Times bestseller. Hmm. 
with Amber Allen and I was on the marketing team or um, Healing with Whole Foods from North Atlantic. I mean, just really great books. And Seven Stories had a book called uh, 9-11 when 9-11 hit from Noam Chomsky. That was a New York Times bestseller. So, and then at the same time, there was also like this thing called print on demand at Lightning Stores. And we're like, what is this, right? Like it was so new. And this is only 20 years ago, right? It was so new. And publishing moves really slow. It's completely archaic. And it takes like two to three years to publish. And I think that there was like this like little tiny rumbling called Jeff Bezos at Amazon going, hey, <laughs> hey, we're gonna make this publishing thing go faster, right? And then I got to really go work for Chronicle Books, which I think is one of the best publishing houses that has put a mark in the world of seeing, seeing how a book can be sold outside of the traditional book space, right? Chronicle Books is always well known to like, oh my God, I'm in this cute boutique. What, whose book is this? This is a Chronicle Books book, right? They are like, you, they just stand out from a crowd and they stand out so well, not because of necessarily that they're in the traditional bookstore space, or online space, because they've really been able to say, hey, all bookstores or even big stores are like an anthropology, this is where they sell books. And I was lucky enough to work there over 10 years ago and sort of um, see how they kind of view product. And we, we think about books as an art form and as a product um, and how it sells to the end user. So I left publishing because a, a long, long story, but I got a great job for a little bit. It was fantastic with an entrepreneur and incredible business owner named um, Christiane Lemieux who owned Well Studio. And she was in a brand in Target. And we were in a meeting, in a meeting at Target, developing a book product and her line. And during that meeting, we, we just got along so well came up with this cute little board book. It sold like 50,000 copies. And she says, Angela, I need some help with an account called Amazon. <laughs> you heard of them? And I was like, sure. And so I actually left publishing for a little student and went into the world of baby home and fashion. And I, <laughs> and I oversaw Amazon and I, I flew up there and I, it opened my eyes up to an entirely different category selling into Amazon. And I also sold Nordstrom's and I sold lots of little boutiques and I revamped the West Coast for her. And it was a great job. And I sold Whole Foods. And when Whole Foods called me and said, hey, Angela, we love this pattern that you're doing. Can you put it on a baby onesie? We could just do it for like in six months, right? And I realized in fashion, they think about the product differently and they could just come fast to market so much faster than my my wonderful friends in publishing but I missed publishing so <laughs> I went back to it and I did some consulting and business development work with Cameron and Company which is in my bio which is now part of Abrams and I've done consulting with Tra Publishing which is part of Simon and Schuster and during this consulting time um, I kind of realized wait a second, you guys, publishing is still moving so, 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 so slow. And Amazon is building this, this business. They're not waiting for mm -hmm. publishing to change. So I had left publishing for a few years and saw that and said, and went back into publishing and go, guys, self-publishing isn't going away. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are still in a hole in, in your traditional world, but 
let's let's not be in a hole and let's just address that self-publishing is a model, a publishing model that people are into, that they want, that it works for them. And then there's traditional. And the reason self-publishing is working is because traditional is not giving people necessarily what they need. Now, there are certain th aspects of self-publishing that I don't think can work. And so I decided from the traditional space, if that makes sense, to sort of say, this is where I'm talking about the collective book studio, mm -hmm. was like, wait, could there be another model? Could there be a way that I take the best of traditional and some of the aspects of self and, and come up with a, a, a creative model that could actually be completely different and, and find authors and clients and books in a, and my model has to always view a book as a product, right? A book, how it's going into the end retailer. Mm -hmm. That's a very different way. Mm -hmm. So when I acquire, like we have a book in Target right now called um, Parenting with Sanity and, Sanity and Joy. And it's on Target, in shelves, on an end cap. Because when we developed it, we thought of that target get. And that's what's really important to me. As, as And that's what my creative studio does. That's a really interesting um, perspective that you bring into it. Because some people come into the publishing world either having a traditional background and are doing still the traditional thing, but maybe in a partnership model. Other people create their companies like I did, where we started as self-publishers, learned as much as we could, are growing up and developing into it and trying to find, like for me, I'm, I'm trying now to marry the things from the publishing world that really do work better and the things from the, the quickness of the self-publishing world, but it's still heavily publishing, you know, um, focused. And then you come in from the perspective of it being a product that you're selling and how you develop it specifically for a place you're selling is, is really disruptive. As you said before, I mean, it's, it's completely outside of the box, but clearly effective. Um, so, so that's awesome. So what, like, what kind of authors do you work with then? If the, if the, if the, if the normal, I don't like to use the word normal, but if I came to you and said, I'm writing this fantastic love story that takes place in Paris. Um, I know you don't do fiction books, right? So this is a bad no. example. I'm writing this wonderful children's book about, you know, I don't know, sibling rivalry, like, and, and then at what point in time do you decide, nope, that's not a good fit. Yes, it is a good fit. Do you have the traditional like submission process for the types of books that you publish or how does that work? Yeah. So we do have a traditional submission process. Um, there's a slush pile, of course, that, um, and actually children's is the most competitive. We get the most mm, submissions sure. <laughs> of children's publishing. And I think that that's actually across the board in any industry. Yes. It's the hardest category to climb even on Amazon. Now, if you think about traditional publishers are having to compete with self-public, like in a different way in children's than we've mm -hmm. ever have. Like it's just, it's a crowded category. And so we are very selective in the children's um, that, that we choose. The illustrations are everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of the clients that we have come with illustrators and they really want that illustrator and we just don't see it, like we're gonna pass. <laughs> some, some clients come without an illustrator and we help find that illustrator. Um, 
some of it, some of, to be honest, the children's a lot, some of the lists uh, we do in house and we create. So it's, it's just a really, really competitive space. So what I would look for first is that the client is really open. Writing a children's book is really hard. And what, and I always say like, what is our budget? And what is the strength of this children's book? What makes it unique? What makes it different? And how open they are to our feedback? Because we, we really kind of stamp ourselves in this publishing space to be seen just as strong as any of the, of the big publishing companies or some of the strong independents that I really um, love. So I can't um, kind of what I, we look for is sort of like, well, what's the story? Where does it place? Who is this? It, we don't, it's not just based on platform, which is really cool because how I could always think is, let's say this, this story is about, this love story is also about nutrition. Okay, mm -hmm. let's just take that. And we can think, okay, I'd probably walk, let's walk into Whole Foods. Let's see what books they're selling. Let's see if we can add some recipes. Let's see if we can do something fun and unique and kind of package it and, and, even if Whole Foods isn't guaranteeing that they're gonna buy it, that we're already thinking who an end consumer is going yeah. to be. And then, I, and then I develop that product, I work with my sales team and I'm like, let's go for it. And I, and I work with a marketing team and a PR team and that's why I'm called the collective, mm -hmm. right? I'm looking at their book holistically mm -hmm. and I, as a submission, we go, couldn't we see an end user? And is the client open for uh, to invest in this? Because, and we're going to go on that kind of what I, publishing's a risk, right? Yeah. We're going to go on that risk together. Yeah, you know, I, I love this concept because, um, you know, to your point about not only the children's book category being um, just so so <laughs> overwhelmed right now. I have a, have a friend who's a traditional children's book publisher. They take four books a year. She was at two. She just expanded to four. And she said in her last submissions window, she had over 600 submissions. So it is enormously competitive for everyone, but all, I mean, if you think about the number of books that are now being published because of self-publishing through all the places, like there's just so many books. And I think a couple of things that I want to highlight about what you just said, that's so important is that I think it's really important in this day and age um, a lot of uh, authors that I talk to are still very much in the mindset of what the publishing world used to be like, where you expect that you publish a book with a publisher and you're just going to, you know, be living in the Ritz and, and, you know, back in the days of, of um, um, uh, the Fitzgeralds, you know, where you made so much money as being an author and you were famous and you did book tours and book signings and all, all those kinds of things. But uh, there's a point to where I'm going here with this. I'm going to bring it all back together in a second here, but like that world just rarely exists for the majority of authors that are out there. Right. And so people get tied to their stories, tied to the idea that they have of what they think their publishing journey is going to look like and are very scared when someone comes in like you and says, okay, nope, we're going to have to do different illustrations. We may have to change the storyline. We're going to have to see how it fits with these things. But in reality, <laughs> to be successful, like that's the way people have to be thinking now, not I love this storyline so much. It's the only way it's the only, you know, I can only go with it in this way. This book can only look this way. For those people, I think self-publishing is the perfect option because then you go that route, you take all the risk 
and you have to make the rewards come out of it. So I think not only um, I, I, what I pull from what you're saying is not only do you look for a certain type of book, but you look for a certain type of author too. One who is willing to say, I, I hear you. I appreciate your knowledge of the industry, your knowledge of this, of the sales space. And I'm willing to go a little bit differently than I thought I would go to make that a reality. Alexa, you totally get it. I mean, <laughs> literally, I like followed you the whole way and you brought it back together and that is it, right? Like <laughs> I've said this in Publishers Weekly and I will say it again a hundred times probably more from this day on forth is our clients choose us as much as we choose them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what a partnership is, why I call myself a partnership publishing house. It is in the submission process, when you, and this is my advice to any person who's looking for a publisher. If you are submitting, if you're into a publisher, not a self-publishing, but a publisher to look at, look at your work, you have to be willing and open for critique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we are going to come at your story from many different angles, from, from not only the editorial angle, but from the sales angle, from the, it does this fit? Have we seen a lot of this before? Is this new? Is this fresh in both marketing wise, sales wise, editorial wise? And any publisher that's, that you would want to work with, they should be looking at your work that way. Yeah. Well, it's a business. I mean, if you can't, if you can't sell the books um, and and I think this is, you know, this is another thing that, that I, that I do, I wish, you know, authors would um, hear this part of what we're saying is that, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to produce a good book, a lot of money to produce a very professionally done, well-edited, well-vetted, well-designed, well, you know, good cover, good, all the things, especially through a model like yours, where it's not print on demand, you're now including the cost of printing thousands of copies of books on the front end, which is an additional price, you know, uh, all these things you have to be able to sell the book. So if someone comes to you with a book that you know because of your expertise in over 20 years in the industry that it's probably not gonna sell, you know, there's there's a lot more to people saying no to your book than it just not being a great story. Cause there's lots of great stories that no one wants to buy. Oh, exactly. And I try to say, this is why I, I say my model is completely disruptive because I argue why I call myself a partnership publishing is that Angela Engel's in partnership. My company is in partnership. There's no VC money for me. There's no (laughs) angel investor. It's woman-owned independent publishing. That is what I am. So if what I think why I'm talking about disruption of the industry, I'm saying, what am I doing any different than any amazing independent publishing house? Because I can't compete with the big five. I can't give people $10,000 in a royalty, right? Mm -hmm. Advance or an advance, sorry, not a royalty. I can't give you a $10,000 advance and expect that I can also market your book. I can sell your book. I can design your book. I can do all of that work. That is traditional. I can't compete with Random House. There's just no way. But what I can do is I can say, this is our investment. And if I don't sell that book, guaranteed the way that my creative feeds work, I lost money. 
because mm-hmm. the amount of money that it takes to sell a book, mm-hmm. to market a book, to invest in your book. Like today, I've been on tons of cool emails with the I, with the um, independent publishers group with their sales tab. Any, like one idea was like, ooh, could we take our children's book, Gratitude the Great, back into Whole Foods? And this is my angle. That when you come I'm not nickel and diming. There's no monthly fee to get a sales rep or to rethink or talk about backlist or, you know, it, you know, do all that work. That is the magic of a publisher, right? It's our goal to sell your book. So right. of course I'm going to get on my like, Hey, rah, rah cheerleader train and be like, have you thought about gratitude the great for summer table for whole foods? Cause mm-hmm. I think it would really work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's an important thing to think about from the perspective of, again, going back to what types of authors should take which route, because I'm, I'm a big believer that I feel like there's a route for each author, the right, the just right route for each author. You know, some people are die hard. I only want to be published by a traditional publisher. And if that is your die hard dream, then you need to follow it and do everything that you can. I think other people are die hard. I want creative control. I want to make all the decisions and those people are best suited for self-publishing or self-publishing assist boutique companies or things like that. Then I think there's people who, who fall in the middle, who have a great story that they want to share, who have a great idea. And I love that your company now gives them the opportunity to say, okay, I may not know all the right ways to make the the decision. I may not know what's going to be best for this book forward, but I'm going to partner with this company who does know these types of things. I'm ready to just get my story out there. And if Angela says this is the way to do it, then I'm willing to trust that to partner with her to go forward and, and do it in that route. So I love it's, it's just one more option of a way to still have the success that you want with your book, even if it looks different on the other end than you imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think the difference between us and like a lot of traditional is like we, because an author's paying us a creative fee, it's not like, oh, we took your manuscript and we're just going to match you with this illustrator. It's not, and like that happens, right? In traditional, they're like, I didn't even know about this cover. I didn't have a lot right. of say on this illustrator. I no, 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 that is not how we work at all. We make our clients create a Pinterest board. Oh, nice. We interview illustrators. We, they have a hundred percent of a say with us. Like our Parenting with Sanity and Joy, we hired this incredible illustrator. Sue Gruner could tell you, she, we went through three or four. She was like, how about this one? And the nice thing is I then negotiate with the contract. I, mm-hmm. I, I set it up. I like, take that off of that person's plate, but they are really, they hand pick with us. Yeah. Right now I'm working on Fran Hauser's book, um, which isn't going to be incredible on spring 2022. She's a New York Times bestselling author, myth of a nice girl. We signed her, was in Publishers Weekly last month. She's a spring to, we're coming out for Women's History Month, March 1st, 2022, her, her, her career workbook. And it, I am so excited we had one illustrator, she did some sketches we weren't so happy with. We have another illustrator now. Fran is totally part of the process. Fran's pin board. We just asked Fran, do you want us to go more hot pink? Do you want us to do blue colors? Those are things they are not getting from a yeah. traditional publishing house. Yeah. So again, you're a partnership 
we're bringing you into our process. And what I ask of the author is to be open-minded when they're like, no, 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 Angela, I have to have it purple. I have to have it purple. I'd be like, okay, let's rethink our mindset and think, what is purple giving you? Mm -hmm. How, why, why is this purple for you? And it, because if we are hearing from uh, sales and we are hearing from the rest of the market that that's not going to work, I, that's why I say the clients have to understand what they're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately are getting into, essentially, I am able to say as the publisher, no, we will not print 4,000 copies of that cover. It's not, you know, a cover sells a book. <laughs> it's really, it's really basically putting the business first. I mean, the book is Correct. a product first. The book is a product Correct. first. And, and, and while you're still an author, you are, instead of an author entrepreneur, you're more like an entrepreneur who's an author. <laughs> Almost like Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've got this great book right now. It's unreal. It's called You've Got This. And I wish you, and podcast people could see it. It's got foil. It's gorgeous. And this, I'm going to laugh about at first I was like, oh no, purple, purple, purple doesn't work. And we actually have this big, beautiful purple belly kind of cover because that's what the sales and that's what the market was actually telling us to do. Mm -hmm. But we did a lot of research around that. And, um, but she owns um, a massage, um, like massage for pregnant women in Chicago. And she's got another one out here in Oakland and she's an entrepreneur. Yeah. And yet she's a midwife and has a lot to say about um, being pregnant and about methods and about giving labor. So we're creating them. We created alongside her the most incredible, beautiful book that we're launching in July. And yet she's got to run, Sarah's got to run her whole business, right? So you're right. She's an entrepreneur who's also an author. Yeah. And so she's the perfect client for a company like us because then she's going to get a royalty rate. Okay. Um, but she doesn't have to run the whole business. Right. Right. And our royalty rates are much higher. They're between 20 and 50%, depending That's, on, yeah. depending on, um, how, there's a lot to write on, but when, when clients own inventory, they're definitely getting a 50% royalty rate. So it's a very, very different model. Well, I like it. It's fascinating to me. I think one of the coolest things about doing the Women in Publishing Summit and doing this podcast is getting to interview so many different people and hearing so many different things. Your model makes absolute sense to me after spending uh, years now trying to figure out how to make money as a publisher. It's hard. It's hard work. It's super duper, duper, duper hard work. And to, to see a model like this, that actually is a win-win situation where you can still produce not only books, but amazing books and amazingly beautiful books because you're doing the offset printing. And because you have, you know, the, the, the ability to add the foils and embossings and things like that, that print on demand will never do a true snapshot of what the marketplace looks like and where, a where, where particular books will do well. I mean, I, I think it's genius and um, I'm excited Aww. for you. For, <laughs> I think it's wonderful because this is, this is not an easy industry. I mean, there's no, it, it, it doesn't surprise me when I see more and more of the big houses falling, when I see small houses falling because it's a, it's so competitive and it's so, you know, it, it, if you, it can be so expensive, such a big business risk, as you mentioned, and um, you really do have to approach it with, with a business product 
sense. And not all publishers have um, some, uh, not everybody. There's lots of publishers who are killing it. I'm not trying to give a doom and gloom projection that everybody's <laughs> failing and blah, blah, blah. You know, there are niche markets that are totally smashing them and all of that. But for so many um, of the types of books that pe that people are hoping to, to do well with that they just can't do well with in other outlets, I think this is a really smart way to, to move authors through the process, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, no, I do. I really appreciate, like you saying one thing that really sucked with me is publishing is hard. Mm -hmm. It is, it is not easy. And so what I saw, what I said is I saw all these self-publishing or people kind of saying, help me, help me. I want a book. And I tried an agent and I never got rejected or why is it taking three years? And that's why they turned to self-publishing. And I understood that, right? That's why I said, what if I gave them access to what we see, right? Mm -hmm. The difference is I have access to a catalog called Edelweiss. This mm -hmm. is not a self-publishing. This is a beautiful, awesome database where we, we upload our, our galleys, our full galleys and librarians and booksellers and um, bloggers can download a full galley and read about it. And um, it's a huge database with a, a big catalog uh, from all publishers all over, uh, pretty much, I think in the world, but it's just, it's just an incredible tool that you wouldn't even know about if you were on self-publishing and you don't have access to it. That right. is my biggest thing is access. Yes. You don't have access to reviewers, right? You don't right. have access to book lists. You don't have access to Kirkus. You don't have access to PW in the, in, in the same Publishers Weekly in their, in their magazine. Now they have a self-publishing um, way to get reviews, but forward, that's- Forward, yeah, forward reviews. Forward. Yeah, but that's very different mm -hmm. than the access that you have when you're with a publisher. And that is not going to change. I'm just going to let everyone And you know. have to pay for all of those things. I mean, I got to let you guys know, there is a huge, huge, like, gatekeeper. Yeah. And I literally, every day when you say it's hard, it's hard. And mm -hmm. I'm inside. I'm inside in the gate going, hey, guys chiseling away at your thing I'm telling us like maybe we should be a little more like can we get your book into the library can we get your book into a school I'm saying I can a self-published author you can't there are gatekeepers and I have to tell you I actually semi agree partly with why okay there has to be in publishing there has to be gatekeepers, right? We have to keep our art form um, for so many reasons. There are page pagination issues, right? Mm -hmm. There is design issues. There's also blind spots that people have that they don't even recognize, that they might have an illustration that they didn't even mean could offend somebody, mm -hmm. but offended somebody. And so if you're a teacher or you're a librarian, you I understand why they want gatekeepers, right? They want us to make sure that that these books are editorially sound. Right, right. And self-publishing, Amazon does not do that. Anybody can upload a PDF. There's no quality control. Right. So there is a reason there are gatekeepers and I am a gatekeeper in some way, right? Yeah. And so I think that 
That's why we have a submissions process. And that's why you have to be open to getting our critique because it's our brand. It's our record. It's our name. Yeah. I want when a librarian in Austin, Texas looks up the collective book studio children's list, they go, I'm absolutely going to buy from the collective book studio because they make really gorgeous, beautiful books, both in both edit, both physically, but also editorially and visually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think it's really important. It's, um, you know, one of the things that we strive with helping our authors self-publish is getting them as close to what a traditionally published book would look like as possible so that at least they have a high quality book when they're coming out there, because I agree. I think that um, as, as an author myself, like it's important to me that, that, that the books that are coming out are good books. And I don't, I don't like to see people put forth stuff that's, that's a mess, but there even, you know, there, there are so many things to know. There's so many, I mean, you just listed a few small things, but even, I mean, so many details about chapter headings and, and, and formatting, you know, you know, all these things that I'd never heard of before in my life, like, um, uh, uh, leading or, you know, like all these things that, what was it? Funny word kerning kerning that was the thing that i and i'm like what are these things <laughs> i had to learn yeah, these section, things. section openers right <laughs> chapter right, heads right. like you know running feet i mean you name it right and like i have bought some books where i've been like what happened right, right? and i'm like oh this is not a you know so like I think the word has kind of gotten out and like that is why booksellers i don't blame them when people are like when you go into your bookstore and they're like, well, we can't buy a self-published book. It's because they have thousands and thousands and thousands of books that get published every right. year, right? right? And so that, that means I always challenge people when they say, well, I want, you know, Amazon, Amazon because I want creative control or I want this stuff. I think in some way, you, when you do self-publish, you do own, you have to recognize that Amazon is really your only way to get your work out there, right? Because there is this level of books, books that librarians or whatever they have to sort of, and booksellers will sometimes when you have, and you've gone through some of the hybrid assist publishing houses, Booksellers will take that on through Ingram Sparks, mm -hmm. but usually I have only seen that happen with booksellers if they've gone through like a hybrid publishing company. Right, Does that right. make sense, Alex? Mm -hmm. Like even mm -hmm. your like like consignment, they've still not they're not just doing it alone. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. Yeah, it's it's hard work to get massive sales, and and I think that most um, hybrid publishers out there would tell you that the majority of their sales still come from Amazon as well. Um, all right. Well, this has been a great conversation. I, I really appreciate hearing um, why you started your company. I think it makes so much sense. Um, I appreciate knowing more about your model. And I have some people that I definitely want to send your way because I think they'd be a perfect fit for your model. And um, um, is there anything else? Where do people go to learn more about your company? That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. I can just tell we're both so passionate about helping. We're like both, like both. I just think Alexa, I wish I could like come across the Zoom or the podcast mode and like, you know, sit and have a cup of coffee with you because I think we're both really, truly 
want to help authors, want to help entrepreneurs get there. So I'm at, at the Collective Book Studio is my Instagram handle at the Collective Book Studio, or it's thecollectivebook.studio is our website. And there's a whole submission page. You can just info, email info at thecollectivebook.studio. Uh, and we're really open. Our DMs are always open. We have, we're, I'm really active, Angela Engel on LinkedIn. Um, but Alexa, I really do want to say thank you. I really do think it's about finding purpose and why and how we're going to help people get to yeah. wherever they need to get. I totally agree. Um, and that, you know, oh, I love it too. Well, uh, you're in California, right? Yes. One day we'll have to, you know, meet somewhere in I the know. middle or something. And <laughs> yeah, yes. And I, I mean, I thank you for the work you're doing with authors. Cause, and like I said to authors, like finding a publisher assist like at least then there's a chance to get your book in consignment in a bookstore or like there's some kind of kind of gatekeeper and like we're very different because yeah. you know we're not print on demand but it these are things that I think people need to understand publishing is an industry yeah. right yeah 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 absolutely and you're also active on clubhouse right I'm pretty sure you yes. keep trying to slew me over there and I'm I like do. I don't have time I don't want to I don't I want to do. clubhouse I want to I want to have a conversation with you on Clubhouse. So I run a Let's Thursday room. Yes, we will. It's called Publish Your Book. And I run it with an awesome woman who is self-published successful children, self-published author um, named Natasha Daana. And she she's so great. We're really great together because she can kind of understand the self-publishing and what mm -hmm. works to market and get your name out there. And it's a lot of work to self-publish because yeah, yeah. You, she's got to do a lot of marketing a lot yes. of yes, yes. self-promotion. And then I come from that traditional space. So, and we bring different guests and kind of talk about it, all kinds of stuff. And so we're really, it's fun. You and when is that definitely again? Get you. It's on you on every Thursday, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Okay, Clubhouse. I'll check it out. I promise to check it out. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks so much, Angela. This yep. was a great conversation. As you usual, too. have a I'll good one. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.